We here at Yash Jesus believe that God doesn't make mistakes. Not with people and not with produce. Which is why we're so excited to be partnering with Imperfect Foods. Imperfect Foods is an online grocer that recovers ugly produce and surplus foods that would otherwise go to waste. And delivers fresh, customizable boxes to your door for up to 30% less than the grocery stores. We're talking farmer's market quality girls. Without the hassle of going out of your house, honey. Without the hassle. And now, Imperfect has expanded to include pantry staples like lentils, rice, olive oil, and bread, you name it, to help round out your shopping. (laughs) Girls, I just got my weekly shipment of Imperfect Produce, and let me tell you. Spill it, girl, spill it. I got this ugly little watermelon that puts the pretty little peach in Call Me By Your Name to shame. (laughs) That's the tea! Trust me, you're going to want to get in on this. To get your first shipment of perfectly imperfect farm fresh produce, go to imperfectfoods.com and use the promo code YASJESUS. That's Y-A-S-S-J-E-S-U-S. Hey, kings and queens and in between, sinner saints, and I don't know if I is or I ain't, welcome to another wonderfulophilous episode of Yas Jesus. I'm Daniel Francesi, and as always, I'm here with... Azariah Southworth. And you guys came at the right time because we want to let you know that queer space is a sacred space. Come on in. This is a queer space, right, Azzy? Yeah, and we believe more than ever that God is getting into all of your sacred spaces, all including Yas Jesus. That's right. Um, uh, sacred spaces. I think gay bars are sacred spaces for mm-hmm. sure. I, I mean, think bathhouses are sacred spaces. Okay. I think um, my special no-no place is a sacred space. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There's I, so many. Maybe it's a yes-yes place. <laughs> <laughs> the yes-yes no, yes, sacred space. <laughs> I think uh, sacred spaces to me, libraries feel sacred. Yeah. I feel Nature vel- for me, like mm-hmm. so many others. Oh, yeah. Like a nature. Like I would mm-hmm. never like you know pee on a nature trail no what i would you, that's natural you gotta go like i no, mean, but I, meant like, I had to do I that sure, today. i meant like i wouldn't dro- okay i wouldn't drop a cup no 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 i would <laughs> we're both like no 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 how do you but like we're animals too out in the wild when something is sacred what does it mean to you it means it's special mm-hmm. it's like reserved for you it is like uh protected yeah it is a place that you can go to and be all of those things. Handled be protected. With care. Be handled with care. It mm-hmm. is your environment. It's an environment that's built around to suit mm-hmm. and fit and mold around you and you mold with it. Mm-hmm. A sacred yeah. space is a place you can go to let let out steam, let mm-hmm. loose. A sacred place mm-hmm. is a place you can go to feel reserved and quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other kind of sacred spaces are there for you? Uh, sacred spaces are like places of vulnerability for me, like something that I experienced today was like creating a sacred space uh, where you are doing reconciliation work and healing work and forgiveness. That's a sacred space. But I also like the thrift store. Like I say, like, you know what I mean? Like I broke up, if, yeah. if I broke up with someone yeah. and I was like, just don't go to that goodwill. I don't want to see you, you at would. that goodwill. <laughs> go to a different goodwill. <laughs> to me, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, whatever depends. ministers to you, whatever, right? yeah, whatever makes your heart sing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, we are going to go right into our praise report and prayer request. Mm-hmm. But before I do that, I just want to explain to people who are listening. 
what it means to have a praise report in a prayer request. I know what it means. I grew up in it. Well, yeah, we grew up in it, yeah. but some people did it and right. some people, it might be a new practice, right? Uh-huh. But it's like, what's praying and what is, what is, what does praying mean? And, and what do we mean by prayer? And part of it is, I guess, down to the nitty gritty is asking for something mm-hmm. and then like being thankful when you get, when you, when something mm-hmm. happens or you get something right. Uh-huh. So it's just like gratitude mm-hmm. and want, want and gratitude, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think of the two basic things in, in prayer. It's, it's, it's a moment of connection, connection with your higher power, you know, and stating your needs as well as stating your praise of what you're thankful for. So if you're a dominatrix and you just really (laughs) want, um, a couple new slaves and you, Mm. you can pray for that. That's right. Or <laughs> if you are just looking for a new bone to chew on, <laughs> you can pray for that too. Or, or what if your um, what would be a praise report? Mm, a praise report is something that uh, like is a, uplifting or an and, unexpected like happiness. Like I here's what happened. I drove over a nail and I found that my, my other tire was going to break. And luckily I did go. because and then this happened. There you go. One of those kind of things when you, when, right. you find, when you, when you find yourself on a trail of something that takes you to, to a place where, Oh, if I didn't mm-hmm. know that mm-hmm. one thing, mm-hmm. that's something to have gratitude for. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. something that's in the energy of like, of, being grateful. Yeah. So I grew up during the praise reports, you get your tambourine out and, you know, start tapping that tambourine when you're feeling the praise. But for many other people who might be listening, who are not used to it, it's just a moment of gratitude. Well, what's you your know, pra- what's stating, the praise report this week? Thanks. So this week's praise report comes from us. Uh, it's on TikTok. So this is being done by a girl named Grace Baldridge, who is doing some really awesome work. She said, queer folks who were formerly in youth ministry put out a TikTok video reclaiming some of the music they grew up with. Uh, so they're mostly gay parodies <laughs> of the worship oh, songs love that they grew parody. up with. Oh, so they're taking like Jesus music and then mm-hmm. making gay parodies of yes. it. Yes. I love that. And it went viral. And the guitarist from a Christian rock band, Reliant K, I have a funny story about them. Uh <laughs> They uh, they were a Christian rock band, very popular back in the day, but uh, they took one of their songs and, and uh, the guitarist from the band Reliant K messaged uh, Grace and asked uh, to do a solo for a guitar solo of his uh, to be in the video. So he wants to participate in this queering oh, of Christian cool. music and the reclamation work that's uh, being you know, done. You know, musicians, they're like a lot of, I know, I know that they have to sometimes make, uh, I think, almost a political stand that's anti-LGBTQ, but come on. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you a musician? That's like, like someone who's like anti-gay and they're like a costume designer. We don't need no <laughs> queers in this costume design guild. Like, good luck, honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to me, that's showbiz kid. Like if you're if you're an artist and you and you're anti queer, good luck. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them have to kind of make those kind of stands or have those kind of things. And some of them, you know, as we found out uh, with people who weren't honest all, all along with themselves, like a Trey Pearson who later mm-hmm. on came and and uh, found him, his authenticity, mm-hmm. but like lived yeah. a lie for a long time. You know, yeah. you have to because of those kind of things. Yeah. So I think like. Um, you know, uh, please, please, honey, <laughs> give us a break here. Yeah. And yeah. so they're going to, this is a, a great way through art and through a gift and through love and through showing like an admiration for the project, for the original artist, mm-hmm. and then adding something in that just t- turns it into a queer love story or a queer version of something forgot. That's a nice way to bridge yeah. a gap. Look yeah. at how it reached out to someone who wasn't totally a hundred percent necessarily anti-queer to be able to come in and now collaborate. And that mm-hmm. this is how healing happens. So that's why this is a praise report because yeah. it's art. 
like connecting on an artist level and all of that is gifts that they were given by God. So it's just so nice to see everybody be able to like hum on a frequency like that, Uh that uh, you can take it to. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why I always say it's such art is such a great way. And and, and being an example of love and an example of art in the queer community is the greatest way to show Christian what we're all about. Art is sacred space. Well, that's awesome. I have a prayer request. Okay. This is something we need. Okay. And it's much more serious than um, a dominatrix uh, needing more <laughs> slaves. Um, this is ripped from the headlines. <laughs> now, not funny, but the Alliance Defending Freedom, which is an anti-LGBTQ <laughs> legal group. They're awful. Has filed lawsuits against Virginia. On behalf of mm-hmm. nonprofit ministries and a photographer, they claim that the new LGBT legal protections in Virginia force them to abandon their beliefs. Sure, Jan, whatever you say. <laughs> the Virginia Values Act protects the LGBTQ community in areas including housing, employment, public spaces, and credit applications. And it was signed into law in April. Like, how are people having their basic needs met? Housing, credit. Yeah, how is that really making you abandon your beliefs by not providing for the needy, for those who are marginalized, that is abandoning your beliefs. I don't understand. It breaks my heart. Why so many Christians or so-called Christians, Christians in name only, honey. Listen, do you know, it, uh, there was a study done where it said uh, the, the number one thing Christians are known for are hating homosexuals, yeah. not even, not even loving yeah. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is how Take that a little bit further. God be. The Southern Baptist God. The Southern Baptist Convention lost a million members over the past ten years. Twenty nine percent of those surveyed who left the Southern Baptist Convention said it's because of their anti LGBT uh, beliefs. So yes, it's very true. Like and the Alliance Defense Funding, whatever they're called, I don't care. ADF. I know they're SPLC. It doesn't make sense to me. Okay. Well, some of the things are just plain logic. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like logical. Mm -hmm. You don't believe in Christian adoption, but you want to pray for all the unwanted Mm -hmm. children in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the same people that are praying for all the unwanted children in the world that need homes. Oh Lord, look at her. (laughs) I hope that baby finds a home are Mm -hmm. praying against two loving people who have a little bit of a, a disposable income that want to care and love for somebody. Yep. How, how you're praying against your own prayer? Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. It's this. It's the same finger pointing people. The same. This is the problem we have with the queer community all the time with Christians. It's the same people. The same guy who will say that's friggin' disgusting when they see something like two guys kissing in a movie, mm-hmm. like uh, Call Me by Your Name or Brokeback mm-hmm. Mountain or whatever. Mm-hmm. Will go home and masturbate to lesbian porn. <laughs> <laughs> And then it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. It's such a hypocrite. It really is. It's such a hypocritical space to be in, uh, to be anti-queer and be Christian. And we're going to pray them. for them, but we're we praying pray for, for God, the community in Virginia. We want to be specific. We're going to pray for God to please protect the LGBTQ community in Virginia. Yeah. Um, that is our prayer request uh, this week. But also, in addition to that, we want to pray for this Alliance Defending Freedom horrible Man, organization take the blinders because off their eyes god i still and i say it all the time i think that queer, as queer people we have to it's our job to save the other christians and just let them know you know like let them realize what they're doing is so horrible right and, and like it, the hate um is based on years and years of um false rhetoric and, and not on legitimate love that's right and when they're hurting us for us to scream ouch 
So that way they hear us loud and clear and the world does letting everyone know what they're doing is not right. They're hurting us and it's not okay. It's not, but we're going to go to a break right now. And when we come back, we'll be back with the scripture of the day. Azzy, it's our favorite time. Are you ready? I'm ready. Scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. It comes to us from Exodus 3, 5. Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. I, you know... Are we, you would take take your shoes off, family? No, we were yeah, not. we weren't either. I mean, we couldn't like track mud and stuff, and like we mm-hmm. couldn't be crazy. We right. kind of messed up my mom's right, tile, right. right, 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 right. But like, I I think that like, and there was a couple of occasions where we'd be like, oh my god, we got real wet, and we've been jumping in puddles. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. Sometimes you're just like, yeah, yeah, I'm already yeah, wet. Yeah, let's yeah. go. You better get to that bathtub real quick. Yeah, all of that. Rinse your feet um, off in the sink, sit on the counter. But I really always respect, especially, <laughs> I really always, especially in Eastern cultures where they like always take their shoes off at uh-huh. the door. And there's like, yeah. there's such a, I, I like that. Me too. I, because it's so dirty. The world yeah, is filthy. Especially here in LA. And things are pretty sacred. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I couldn't, the people are so free with that in New York City. New York City is so filthy that people just sometimes just don't care. I see people with their like jeans and shoes and they jump on their bed and I'm like, no, girl. Yeah, not, not, not those jeans not on my, that subway no seat. No street clothes in this bed, honey. Yeah. You, everyone's in a full shower and we're in jammers before you yeah, even get anywhere yeah, near my bed. Yeah. Well, you know, we can, we can fool around on the couch. Right, 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 but right. you don't make it to bed status until you scrub your shit. That's like horrible. Yeah. New yeah, York's yeah. dirty. Yeah. So is LA, girl, with all this dirt and smoke in the air right now. So a holy ground is even more so. Like if you're thinking, like I always did really respect that. I, I, I wish that that was more part of my culture. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that we are more... Um, modernized more like worldly in america and like that's not something that we necessarily do in our a lot of our culture but and it wasn't how i grew up but i under but that makes a lot of sense to me the times that i've had to have to take my shoes off if i was in like the black box of a theater and we were all doing something that was like a really intimate acting exercise Mm -hmm. or if i had to take my shoes off because i was in an all-white room at the mocha Mm -hmm. you know it it was always something that I had to have reverence and respect for. Mm-hmm. So why could I be in my sneakers on the altar? Right. Because is something sacred if you were not doing something to take a moment to acknowledge the sacredness of it through some right. sort of act, right? So, so taking the shoes off is, it, is like... A, it is symbolic of that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, taking your shoes off in a lot of ways could necessarily be like letting your guard down. Mm-hmm. It could be something of like, you're about to get down to the bear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that could be done anywhere. I think washing someone's feet is a sacred thing to do as well. I mean, it's a biblical act, but it's a walking, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a sacred act. But um, our scripture of the day lets us know that holy ground can be anywhere. So let's take a closer look at that. Okay. So we're going to talk about the story of Moses from Exodus. Okay. Moses had to run away from everything he knew, and he was essentially in hiding. He had gotten married and was working for his father-in-law as a shepherd. First know that being a shepherd is a dirty, stinky job. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Like, like whenever I hear about people being shepherds, I mean, mm-hmm. it seems hot, but like, it's nah, <laughs> it is gross. Um, 
because you're dealing, you're out in the field all day. You're saying there's really barely any water. Mm-hmm. You're hurting. You're mm-hmm. hurting a lot. You know, you're also tending to them. You're like stopping them from going places that you don't want them to you're go. Also, like going over in the bushes a moment just to relieve some stress. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm sure no. there's a lot of shepherd <laughs> masturbation. You're right, probably shepherd um, masturbation is. Hey, a real let me thing. ask you a quick question. Just uh-huh. let's pause on the Jesus okay. stuff for one second. Okay. Um, would you rather uh, sleep with a goat and nobody knows? Oh God! Okay, damn, really? or not sleep with a goat and everyone thinks you did. I'd rather not sleep with a goat. Yeah, that's goat the only answer. Okay, think, good. We can yeah, continue. Okay. I just want to make sure. That is the only answer, by the <laughs> yeah. way, you guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's go back. Um, so it's a dirty, stinky job being a shepherd, you say. It sure is. <laughs> but the reality is that sheep are gross. Yes. <laughs> so this is a necessary job, but it's not exactly Little a pleasant lambs job. Are cute, but sheep are gross. <laughs> And Moses is out with the sheep when he notices something. In Exodus chapter 2, verse 3, The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. So just to recap, Moses is standing there in the midst of sheep Shiloh, and he sees a bush on fire. But that fire isn't exactly... So this is the burning bush we speak of. Right. So, but the bush isn't burning. It's not being consumed by the fire. So it's not, it's the uh, wood isn't crackling. The leaves aren't going anywhere. It's just there, but it's like emitting fire. Right. And when Moses looks closer, that's when God speaks out of the bush to Moses. First, God calls Moses by name. And when Moses responds, this is what God says. Exodus chapter two, verse five. Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. That place, while Moses is doing his day job, standing in the middle of sheep, sheep on the side of the mountain, <laughs> but who cares? has now Rocks. become holy ground. That's it. And God called it a sacred space. That's, who, that's all it takes. Now, the sheep are still there listening to all this, right? <laughs> They're just like... Uh, you okay, Moses? <laughs> Should we hurt ourselves? Should we stop you eating some grass? bad stuff? Should we do whatever <laughs> you wanted us to do before? You there, guy? <laughs> um, they do get freaked out, sheep. Did you ever see the like where they took a, a sheep and then they put a funny mask on it, like a like a uh, they put a <laughs> no. Michael Myers ha- Halloween mask, no. and the sheep's like bah, and all the it's so sad. All the other sheep's are running away from it, and he's like, "Hey guys, what's wrong?" And they're like, "Wrong!" <laughs> they're like, "I'll show it to you later." Um, okay. It's great. Okay, uh, but yeah, they do get freaked out. So maybe they're a little freaked out at this. God's like yelling at Moses in mm-hmm. Exodus chapter two, chapter two, verse six. He says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. (laughs) God made a bush in the wilderness next to a bunch of sheep, a sacred space. So why can't any space be a sacred space? And what makes a sacred space? Uh, I mean, we've kind of touched on this a little bit already, you know, like for me, I earlier, I said bathhouses are a sacred space. For me, it's because um, I know that there's a lot of darkness there. 
but uh, it can be a sacred space. And it has been for so many years before. Besides, bathhouses used to not be a sexual thing, right? A queer sacred space. It used to not be so so much such a sexual space. It it was a place for men to go socialize and meet other men. Bette Midler used to perform at the bathhouses. With Barry Mellow on piano. Right. It used to be a good time, a good social hour, you know? And like, yeah, sure, something would happen in the corner and whatnot. But like, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, you know, like it's, it's a place of reclaiming uh, uh, and exploring something that where there once was a lot of shame. Right. Well, I think they definitely, um, you know, bathhouses and nightlife in general and other spaces where queer people are allowed to collect and mm-hmm. not be policed and be able to be themselves, regardless mm-hmm. of whatever the situation is a sacred space. I mean, um, I agree with you, but I also feel like, you know, lesbian craft night, at the that's Act a, Bar. Yeah, that's you a know? sacred space. <laughs> like, Absolutely. I like, love and, that and, night. And I, I'm not saying that, like, yes, yes. I'm just saying for me, like, I don't go to bathhouses anymore. But for me, like, at one point, that was, like, looking back, I can see how that was a sacred space in well, my life so at that time. it was so clear to me when the pulse also. shooting happened, like, how mm-hmm. sacred that space was. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know if everybody has experienced this. And honestly, if you haven't, it's... It's close to divinity, but dancing on a dance floor in a queer space where everyone around you is also queer and you're just immersed in the music and you're just kind of spinning around on a dance floor. Like there is a certain level of levity that is achieved there. Mm -hmm. That is a rite of passage. That is like a Mm -hmm. kind of freedom Mm -hmm. um, that any queer person that I've ever talked to who's been able to live their life freely Mm -hmm. has experienced and is a must experience like to just be in a it doesn't everyone we should be a part of the fabric of society and this is something also for like young queer people like we should have equality we should we should blend in a lot of ways but we should always also convenient together sometimes just as queer folk absolutely and have That's like what the a bath moment is for me like yeah, and, and, and then, have a moment where we can spin on a dance mm-hmm. floor or like you know um splash around a bathhouse and be fully freely queer and and let me just clarify like not that it's anybody's business but like the most of the time i leave there without hooking up like and it was i would go there during my misguided times just uh because i was looking for that connection not knowing that there was a lesbian craft night right. you know yeah um that there's other ways to find this connection that i was looking for i'm gonna i'll leave it on that note but uh yeah you said it much more beautifully than i did I agree because I'm much more beautiful than you. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> the ancient Stop. Irish, the Celts, had a name for some natural places that were just considered sacred. And they were called thin places. Oh, I feel like I'd get kicked out of there. <laughs> the idea <laughs> of. Why is that funny? <laughs> why you found that? Why did you, they found that a little too funny. No. The idea of thin places is that there was a barrier between the earthly world and the spiritual world. But in the thin places, that barrier was much more thin. When you were there, you could feel a strong spiritual presence. This just feels like the waiting room at the Vogue offices. Hmm. Mm-hmm. This just feels like this feels like um, Mercedes Benz Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this feels like like I am at um, this is the same thing. Thin places. 
I like that. I like that description a lot. So that's uh, the ancient Irish used to have. That was the name that they would call it. What a sacred space. By a thin, a thin place. place. So like something like, you know, for some people go to Sedona, Arizona oh, for like to experience that sacredness or a thin place. Joshua Tree is also another place. Mm. Uh, you know, things that provoke wonder. The Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about places that are, it feels like the, the, the space between the actual world and the spiritual world is thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Like, there's, there are places that you can go to where that veil is thin. Maybe you can see through that veil. Do you know now. what my grandma said to my Nana? My Nana said mm-hmm. to me about this. I was in um, Park City, Utah, mm-hmm. and I was looking at this like incredible mountain with like these purple peaks and like, like mm-hmm. snow caps and like tree things I'd never seen because from Florida to New York, it's flat. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I, we didn't have uh, Skype yet. Mm-hmm. And I was describing it to her on the phone. I was like telling her what it looks like. And she said, you know what, Danny sites like these are vitamins that your eyes feed your soul. And it's kind of, and I always take that in. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I can't get the right picture. It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't care what level iPhone I have. Like the moon always says, fuck you to my iPhone. Like (laughs) it's just like, you can't get the, the, um, the picture you want of the moon. Mm -hmm. Cause the moon's just like, forget it. You know what I mean? Like you can't with a super good lens. I can't process this vitamin. (laughs) But I'm saying like, sometimes you have to Mm -hmm. take it and just say, I'm going to absorb this. I think that fireworks are the great example of that because nobody watches your video of fireworks. Have you ever <laughs> so true. watched a video I of thought, fireworks? Yeah. Yeah. That you took, nobody cares. Right. <laughs> you have to be there. It's like, soak it up, feel the, like <laughs> hear right. the crackle, yes. have a little bit Put of the fear that the it's going to, yeah, have yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Listen to some tunes and crack a beer or have mm-hmm. a joint or whatever it is. Like be with your family, like mm-hmm. experience the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel that in these thin places, like these are places where you can, you're just ever like you can vibrate. Uh, what's another thin play? I mean, uh, the, all the wonders like um, Niagara Falls, where you just sit there and you're at a place where you're just like, oh, like I'm so taken in mm-hmm. by the majestic mm-hmm. creation of this phenomenon. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. sometimes it's so brilliant that it, it has to be a perfect plan mm-hmm. and all just but an accident. A phenomenon at the same time. Yeah, I I think uh, family reunions and funerals even can be thin places. I can right? see that. Yeah, you know, because you're going. It's yeah, you're going back and touching your roots. So and, this is something that we deal with. You know, we want our churches to feel like these places. Yeah. We want our churches to be sacred spaces. Like, what makes them holy? It's probably a lot of the same things that make those thin places feel sacred. Mm-hmm. A safe nurturing affirming community mm-hmm. experiences that highlighted the relationship with god singing ritual preaching but what to you makes a sacred place in a church what what makes a church a sacred space to you i i like when i see the church being built by the people that are in it like i love when i see yeah. them like the whole church is involved yeah it's not like a thing where you also get to know who the core people are yeah and i know it's not like a thing where it's like 12 people are making the whole thing go around i love it when you see like community involvement and yeah. people. i do love that and to, for me to, for that to happen everything has to be affirming otherwise yeah. i feel like i'm, yep, yep, I'm yep, fake yep. in a scenario like yeah. that and i don't like it i'm i try to find a way to get into church i once was um I once went to a church 
it was Methodist, which wasn't how we grew up, not too far mm-hmm. off. But I went to the church because they needed more men in the choir mm-hmm. and they paid me $50 uh, to be in the choir. They're like, we'll hire you. And I was like, oh, how great. Oh, wow. I get to go to church mm-hmm. and make a little cash and, and make a little <laughs> cash and sing, you know, and my um, vocal coach was some, the person who set it up. So I was doing mm-hmm. her a favor too. Mm-hmm. She was showing up with her men from the school they needed, mm-hmm. right? For mm-hmm. this choir. Mm-hmm. And so me and, me and the other gay kid in the school went. Oh. And we were there and we're like in this church and like, I told my Nana about it. I was like, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm going to church every week, you know, I'm doing this thing. And she, and she goes, you go to church for $50, but she won't go for the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) She was right. Uh But I don't know what I've gone. What I've felt the same sense of community. What I felt the same welcoming thing. If they didn't need another baritone. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I like, I like to, I admit freely, you guys, like I don't really go to church. This is my church in a lot of ways. And I, and I live my church in my daily life. I pray with my family all the time. I would say I pray daily and I pray weekly with all of you. And then I pray with my family Mm biweekly at least Mm -hmm. over something. Oh, my sister's uh, operation, my uh, brother's uh, new business, this, whatever. We're all praying together constantly. And so um, that's my sacred place. Like, honestly, my sacred space is that like that uh, prayer group, but I would love to find a church out there that felt like I belonged and felt like I had all of that there. I would go. Yeah. Um, but I have to search for it too. It's like you, we said before, you have to do part of the legwork mm-hmm. and uh, reach out for, for God. That's so. right. Like uh, a significant moment for me, I shared in one episode and uh, it was in our Psalm 139 episode about like experiencing God out in, in the California desert over Salvation Mountain, you know, and this kid came up to me when I was at Slab City and just said uh, directly to me, uh, you think you can do everything on your own because you think you're self-sufficient. And I wasn't sure if I heard him right. He was a total stranger to me. And he just sat next to me at this concert and started talking to me. And like, he had been from Indiana, like, and we ended up going to the same church. That's a big connection. Right. So we had that connection and then we laughed about it. And then that's when he said that to me, just right afterwards, he's like, you think you can do everything on your own because you think you're self-sufficient. And I was like, why is this guy reading my mail? Like, well, also, the, also sounds you like are? the guy at the rave that tells you that. Too. You know what I mean? like, it might have been. I'm but sitting for me, on the speaker and this guy named Starlight turned to me and said, you think you have everything you need, bro? I know. And, I, and I'm kind of that girl that I'm takes not, moments like that. I'm and, not, you know, I'm just no, like, that sounds more spiritual but, and connected. But, but that, but that it was, place is a thin place for you. You've talked about it. It's a thin place yes, for me. I know. I'm only making fun and, of you because it's funny to do that. Right, thank you. And and I appreciate that you do because it keeps it fun. But like... It, it spoke to what I needed to hear at that moment. And I wasn't sure if he heard me, if I heard him right. And so I said, what did you just say? And he said, God is all sufficient. And it, and it taught me in that moment that, you know, I needed to do, I needed to reach out for some help and not lean on my own understanding. And I did that time in my life and it changed me. And, and that's actually how I ended up in LA now, you know, like that's why I'm here in LA now is because of that one moment that propelled me to do well, something. See, you don't know, to, like a butterfly effect. Kind right. Of right. So, so that's one moment that was pretty significant and that I experienced in a thin place, if you will. I think you have to have an open heart in a thin place and, and that is scary whenever you're opening up mm-hmm. your heart, period. Yeah. Because so many of us, all of us have been hurt. All of us have scars. All of us have reasons why our heart is closed. Mm-hmm. And to and a thin space is really vulnerable because I think about the air being thin. I think about it just being like, 
<laughs> we're in this spot because it's giving us a stillness where we're actually taking a moment to hold our breath for a second and like mm-hmm. really be still and just like think, mm-hmm. you know, and take like deep breaths and, and really even be mindful of our breath. And like, it's terrifying to go to that place. It's terrifying to say like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna vibrate and like open up and just be mm-hmm. like vulnerable for a second because I'm risking my most vulnerable part being attacked. Mm-hmm. You know, I have experiences in churches where I've, I, I told you the story where I like was next to this, uh, like uh black gospel church that sang every Sunday so loud next door. The church was next door to my building. Mm-hmm. And when I was in the shower, they would have the little window open up where the choir was and it was it. right next to my shower. So I was like, I was yeah, hearing them sing yeah. every Sunday morning when I was showering and I was yeah. like, I should just walk over there. We made it. Whatever. I was, like, that I, I was like, I should just walk over there. I should just walk over there. I should just walk over there. Yeah. I should just walk over uh-huh. there. And then I walked over there one day and I went in and I sat in the pew and it had to be like 13 people in there. It was way less attended than I thought it was. And their praise filled the room and, and, and don't story. get ahead of the story. Okay. And the pastor said, and the world is coming to an end. The gays are coming out of the closet. Oh God. No. And I was like, <laughs> like, cause that's, cause I tell you what, at that time in my life, I was really trying to be open and mm. trying to open myself up in a thin space. Mm, yeah and to, to get it's a, a thin space for someone else but it wasn't for you but i got a lash across it and i still regret not speaking back but i had mm. too much respect for the altar itself to yell at the altar because mm. i already had interesting my, i already had my bout with the altar and me and the altar were cool mm. me and god were cool mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i knew that this was a human problem and not a godly problem i wasn't being shunned by god walking in there mm-hmm. if anything i'm sorry like but it's something that could be controlled by something else. It's a human space. Mm-hmm. It, it's not, if that space was not meant to be a thin space for me for whatever reason. Right. Right. So it's like, I moved on, do you know? And I felt a lot of times like with organized religion and with church, I have that same kind of problem. I have feelings of vulnerability around the whole side, a side B thing about mm-hmm. Christianity, because to me, I feel like you should just be able to just be you and be gay and, and do what you want to do in life. Mm-hmm. As long as it's consensual and you're not ever hurting anyone and right. your whole mission is like love and feeling good and whatever. Right. So to me, that's why the pulse shooting in Orlando was so heavy to me because that was a space that I think when, when you were talking about uh, feeling it in a certain place and I talked about on the dance floor because I felt like, there's just times where I've been able to just be like, I'm so gay right now. And like everybody around me is so gay and it's like, it doesn't matter. And we're all just so happy. And it's not even about if we're attracted to each other. Mm -hmm. And it's not even about if I'm older, if I'm young, and it's not even about if I'm uh, black or white or if I'm sister trans or whatever. It's just about that. We're all like family right now and it's okay. And you can just be you. And that is just like for that to be stricken from people made it realize the importance of it to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And so um, I don't know if I've always felt that way with church. I do believe that it can exist. I do believe that it can. I would love to attend and be a part mm-hmm. of that. And I think that my contribution to a church would push any church in that direction. Because when I do give in, I give wholeheartedly and mm-hmm. try to be there at, to do all of the things, you know? So it's, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, sometimes we're told that the only sacred space is a church, but that's not quite true. And God is not confined to a building. 
So we've talked about some of those natural spaces that have an air of spirituality about them, like that church next door, maybe. And Jesus hung out with sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes, and all sorts of crazy misfits. What makes you think that Jesus is going to stay trapped inside the walls of a church building? For many of us, our queer spaces are our sacred spaces because queer spaces can meet the same criteria that define sacred spaces, a caring community, rituals and experiences, affirmation of the goodness of you as a creation. I have to tell you when I, when I hear this, when you're saying this and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking about this, mm-hmm. I think of the ballroom scene. Yeah. Like I, I think of that's a, that's I, a thin place. I was young and mm-hmm. I didn't dance in the ballroom scene, but there was like a drag family, the House of Lords in in Fort Lauderdale that like always welcomed me and mm-hmm. took me in and like called me honorary family. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, when you're alone in a space like that, I could show up and I had a family built in with mm-hmm. those people there. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember seeing Kevin Aviance. Uh, the awesome like legendary singer and uh, performer and they they did a ballroom number okay and I can't even I can't even like do it or say the words or anything because whatever but I just remember them breaking off into like a ballroom number with like a steady beat mm-hmm. and uh, they separated all the kids that I knew into two different houses like I didn't know them as like I just knew all they were just all like the young gay people I knew, I didn't even know that they were all in houses and they broke off like West side story into two different things. And I remember him saying this word. I was awestruck. I was at the top of a balcony watching this Mm -hmm. in this club called the Coliseum in Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. And he goes, this is a legendary dance for the gay children. Don't ever let anyone take this away from you or tell you that this isn't yours. Mm -hmm. He's like, this is your culture. And, and for me, it's so interesting when you grow up a cis white male. Okay. I'm Italian, but I'm, I have white privilege of appearing white everywhere I go. No one knows that my breath smells like garlic. Do you know what I mean? If they don't get close enough to me, <laughs> like um, I uh, was privileged until I found that I was gay until I discovered and came. Then all of a sudden now I'm a minority mm-hmm. and to be in that place and then to be invited into this place where they're like, Oh, this is the culture you've been missing out on ugly duckling. Like you've been oh, the whole time you've been living in this cis white, toxic masculine like world mm-hmm. and you're a musical theater loving bear. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like kind of showbiz circus bear like and to find out who i was and to find that culture and to find that thin space yeah i could have taken my shoes off and watched that and to know that that thin space was being held for you and preserved for you for that moment when you would be able to arrive and walk through the doors now where i'm at now though where i'm at now is that and y'all may not be ready for this conversation (laughs) um but where i'm at now with that is I want those kids to be doing that for Christ. Like I want, I want it to be in the kind of space where it's just like these, these are God given things. Like I feel a lot of times that like mm-hmm. queer people have been told that, that these so-called thin spaces weren't for them. And like the nature ones we found on our own and we, you couldn't take us away from those, right. but some of these other spaces weren't meant for us. Some of some of these other ones we were turned away from, mm-hmm. you know, all of the real estate that all of the different people that use Jesus's name in their real estate, um, all of those people that have that real estate that then say that those spaces are not welcome for queer people. Like 
that's what I have a problem with because it, it pushed everyone to false idols. It pushed them to worshiping uh, Beyonce and Gaga. It pushed them into worshiping clothing. It pushed them into worshiping their, uh, their bodies in different ways. It, mm-hmm. it pushed them away from loving God and God can be present in those spaces. Believe me. And I think that that's what the future holds for, for Christianity. That's what the future holds for God in this, in, in the world right now is to find a way to, to get into these spaces and to let these, these people know that these, this culture comes from the gifts that has been given to them and from the disciplines and the things that they did on their own. You know, the ballroom scene saved so many people. Mm-hmm. So it had to be there for a reason too. Yeah, absolutely. It could be a modern day miracle. I think it is. I think it is, especially for the ballroom scene to still be persisting and thriving and to be uh, saving so many young LGBTQ people still today. You Look know, at Stonewall. That is a sacred space. Look at Stonewall in New York City. Mm-hmm. With its, with it, you walk in that place and you know. You know, I haven't been to it yet, but the Tom of Finland house, I, I have a, a suspicion that's going to be like that for me. Or even I, felt, Fire, I felt the Fire energy Island there. I filmed there. Like that for me. Yeah, I did Los, yeah, Los Angeles for um, Amazon and I filmed there. And let me tell you, like, it's, it's, um, it's got a vibe. There's definitely like an energy. Mm-hmm. The Eagle in San Francisco has that for me too. I've mm-hmm. spoken about that before. There's just certain mm-hmm. places where you just like, you know, the history of queer people that have been through there, you know, mm-hmm. the little drips of sweat that have fell into the wood on the ground of the dance floor <laughs> that are just like in there forever. Right. The Queens who have had their first dance, their last dance, you know, like towns that I've been hearing the names of before I even wanted to admit that I was queer, like mm-hmm. Provincetown and, uh, and San Francisco and Wilton Manors and yeah. Fire Island yeah. and, uh, Key West mm-hmm. and places I've been hearing those things like referenced in, in, in lavender references all over my life that have piqued my interest mm-hmm. and raised the little hairs on the back of my neck. Mm-hmm. You know, when I heard those places called out sacred yeah. spaces. And these are set apart spaces for the LGBTQ community. They've had a long history of LGBTQ vacationing. They were places to escape from a world that often didn't affirm our community and let us feel like we could be ourselves. And it's, a, it's a space where you can be yourself, maybe for the first time or only time. And we're working to make Yes Jesus a virtual queer sacred space. And that's with our stories and with your prayers. So please keep it going by letting us know what makes a sacred space for you. Maybe you can use some of our ideas. Let us know what your sacred spaces are. We'll call them out. Shout out to Friends Bar in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. Shout out to uh, the Gay 90s in Minneapolis. Uh, shout out, shout out to, to the, Black Speech in San Diego. <laughs> shout out to the Music Box in Jackson Heights, Queens. <laughs> uh, after Dark in Fort Wayne, Indiana. <laughs> shout out to uh, Georgie's Alibi in Willamette, oh, Florida. Yeah. yeah. You know, shout out to the Parliament House in Orlando. Yeah. All these places that have mm-hmm. been around, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, what are your uh, Babylon and Fort Wayne is what it's now. <laughs> Can you really? It's called. And you know what's beautiful are the rainbow crosswalks that are yes. that are showing our queer spaces all over the world yeah. that are popping up everywhere. I mean, I have seen them in towns I never expected them to see them in, and I'm like, wow. And sometimes it's just a little bookstore or a little bakery mm-hmm. next to something that made them pick that that was the place that they were going to put mm-hmm. the uh, rainbow because there isn't much for like a queer community and those little spaces that even have those rainbows that, yeah. that put them up and they've claimed them. So now that, you know, like sometimes you opening up a little tiny thin space for yourself um, somewhere in the future 
uh, making a space that's a, a, a welcoming and affirming place for LGBTQ people could end up creating a whole community. That's right. That's right. Uh, this was awesome. This is uh, look. Welcome. Thank you for coming to our little uh, <laughs> for, yeah. safe thin space. Yeah. Thanks uh, for here. stepping into this thin space with us. Gathering in a sacred space, whether it's a church or a bar, is really hard right now. COVID-19 has hurt both of these institutions and their ability to be safe, sacred spaces for the LGBTQ community. I'm driving by so many closed bars. We're losing so many of our spaces. Many of them are still trying to operate and provide services in a sense of community, even while their doors are closed and the money is slowed to a trickle. So we ask you, please. Our tithe love offering charity act of good this week is make a small donation to a local church. I know here in Los Angeles, the MCC founding church, the founders church is a great one. Uh, or a local bar might have a Kickstarter or something that needs your help or a local LGBTQ center. They could use your help and support after having to be closed for so many months. Yes. And tip your servers. Yes. And your Jack Queens. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's bow our heads in prayer. God, I want to thank you, God, uh, for the sacred spaces where we feel God's presence, whether it be a church, a bar, a campsite, a home, or anywhere. We're so grateful for these thin spaces, and we're grateful for places where we could be connected to you. Lord, help us make every space a sacred space so others can feel and know the presence of God. We want you to protect these spaces. Inspire people to create new ones as we grow in a community and as people feel more and more okay and safe to just be authentically who they are in themselves. We need places to gather and congregate and hopefully in the future we can be all be together again. And thank you for those people, God, who have been preserving and maintaining these sacred spaces and, and, and keeping them open for us. So we pray that you bless them during this time and give them the strength and encouragement that they need to keep those spaces going strong so that the other young LGBTQ peoples can walk through the door and you know, take a place on the couch, hang out for a bit and find their home and their family too, and experience that thin, sacred, beautiful space that you have allowed us to experience in this life. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, thank you all for being with us and for listening to another episode of Yash Jesus. You can find us on social media at Yash Jesus Pod or on our website at YashJesusPod.com. Send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, your episode ideas, your guest ideas, or even just show us your burning bush. We'd love to hear from you. Yash Jesus is hosted by me, <laughs> Danny Franzese, and Azariah Southworth. Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Our show is produced. Produced by the freaking Deacon Ross Murray. Special thanks to Sophie Serrano and Meredith Polly. Yash Jesus is brought to you by Oddity. Oddity execs are Ryan Lochner, Jessica Bastillos, and Steve Michaels. Keep praising the Lord, y'all. Oh.